Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito and ladies and gentlemen, we have another installment of Know Your Enemy this week on the Down the Line Network on TNNDN. Tim Daniel here and Jimmy Clausen talking with Dominic Garrett, diehard Michigan State fan who works for TheOnlyColors.com. Dominic, thank you for so much for taking some time to join us. We really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Excited, uh, excited I get to be an enemy again to you guys. It's, it's been a couple of years, so <laughs> it, it <laughs> stoked to have the rivalry back. Yeah, so, uh, Don, before we get the interview started, why don't you give a chance to tell some people about your website, your podcast, and uh, how they can follow your, your work. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, The Only Colors is a SB Nation blog. Uh, we're in that family, uh, so it's theonlycolors.com. Uh, we are the premier Michigan State uh, fan site, so we've uh, covered everything there. On top of that, uh, we do have a podcast, uh, myself and Chris Vanini. Um, we host that once a week called The Only Podcast. Uh, you can find that on iTunes. And I also have a uh, overall sports podcast called Riding the Pine. Uh, you can find that on Twitter and on iTunes uh, at RTP underscore podcast. So, yeah, excited uh Really, really stoked uh, to be covering Michigan State football this year. Um, you know, a lot of questions going in, but it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a, a Big Ten college football season without having <laughs> a lot of questions and and having to figure that out early in the season. So I'm I'm excited for for this matchup to to see what we're really made of. So um, we'll get started here. Uh, one of the reasons that really attracted me to your work was right after Notre Dame played Texas on Labor Day weekend, you put up an article saying what Michigan State can learn from Texas to beat Notre Dame. Um, so while we're here, let's kind of go into detail there, what you saw in that game as far as like Notre Dame's weaknesses. Obviously, they've played a game since then against Nevada where they looked very good and looked dominant. Uh, what, what, what really jumps out for you at Notre Dame as far as where you, where they can, where you guys can win this game? Uh, well, there was a, a couple of places that I saw um, what I would call weaknesses on Notre Dame. Now, you know, I will say they – while they did end up losing that game, uh, it very well could have gone the other way. Um, you know, the the Texas game, while it was absolutely, it, it was crazy to see the first two possessions, just touchdown, touchdown. Uh, I had a feeling it was going to end up being one of those close to, you know, 100 total point games. Uh, but there was just a couple of weaknesses that I did see. Uh, first off was with your secondary. Um, you know, the... I know that you guys did just suffer uh, that injury uh, for Sean Crawford, which, yeah. you know, was un- an unfortunate loss for you guys. And, and I mean, you know, you hate to see hate to see uh, a kid like that have an injury, you know, like an Achilles tear. That's, you know, uh, we all wish him, you know, the ability to, to get back as soon as possible. But when you're looking at what what um, Shane, uh, the you know, the true freshman quarterback for Texas was able to do, um, 
you know, his ability to use his uh, use his eyes to be able to look off the coverage and get some some one on one coverage, some go routes, catch some uh, catch your your defensive backs with their back to the quarterback a couple of times. Uh, that's one one area that I think if your safeties are not actually staying back and and they're trying to read and and they're moving over too fast and and giving those one on one routes, um, you know, a quarterback. Uh, like Shane was able to do and, and like Tyler O'Connor could potentially do to get some of those matchups, um, you know, over the top and some of those 50, 50 balls. Uh, that's one thing that, that I think would be able to provide Michigan state with a couple of opportunities. Um, and then, you know, obviously on the other side, uh, the, our secondary really has to be able to step up. Um, now I have a feeling, uh, after, especially after watching, uh, you guys against Nevada, well, you didn't get. I didn't get too much more information there. One thing that I did see is that you know, uh, seems like Deshaun Kaiser is the go-to, and that makes sense. Uh, you know, the way that he's been playing compared to the way that Malik's been playing, and uh, if our secondary can actually step up and play a little bit more like uh, we did in 2013, uh, bring back as close to possible of the no-fly zone 2.0. Um, you know, our our linebackers are really good in space; they can make tackles. Um, you know, we, with the bringing back Ed Davis, um, since he just got his sixth year of eligibility, um, as well as having, um, as well as having Malik McDowell up on the front lines, you know, there's a really good chance we'll be able to get pressure. And as long as we don't let Kaiser beat us with the feet, um, I think that, you know, this has, this has the opportunity to be one of those, one of those really close games that, that will go down in, in, uh, in the history of this rivalry as being the one that could really go either way. And you talk about the rivalry and obviously how excited we're to have it back. A lot of great games that this game has seen in the time. Uh, my co-host here even being in one very close down to the wire game. The infamous Golden Tate jumping into the band game. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so so would, you, would, you, uh, would you look back at this rivalry? You know, what, what excites you the most? But the question I'm going to ask before that is, it's been five years now. Can Michigan State fans finally admit that the fake field goal should have been delayed a game? <laughs> oh man, I was wondering if 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 that was gonna if that was gonna come up. <laughs> um, I don't think that that no no we probably won't admit that. Like if I'm gonna be honest, uh, we we hold on to that. And the amount of times in my personal Twitter feed I've seen people sharing that play over and over again, um, I don't I don't think uh, anybody's gonna let that go anytime soon. <laughs> Worth a try. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sorry, but I mean Jimmy Clausen here. Yeah, yeah. How's it going, Jimmy? How you? Uh, everything's going well. I've got a question for you. So Malik McDowell, Mel Kuyper said that he could possibly be the first pick in a 2017 NFL draft. What do you see from him that he's done just in one game against Furman where he could be destructive against the offensive line and, you know, in particular, Sam Mustafer, you know, going into this game on Saturday? Yeah, uh, you know, Malik is – he it's interesting because while he obviously played a different position, he kind of for a while was in the shadow of Shalik Calhoun and, you know, Shalik had some of the, the biggest, most destructive plays uh, that I can remember in recent memory of, of, you know, uh, of a defensive lineman for Michigan state. And one thing that I think Malik has been working on a lot is number one, just being able to, to get pressure, um, to get pressure in on the quarterback, um, you know the different schemes uh, that Michigan State has run on defense. Um, you know, going back to the way that it was with Pat Narduzzi, um, you know Malik 
has really been working on his speed. Uh, not only is he just, I mean, he's a big dude. Like <laughs> he, he definitely is going to be disruptive, but he's also been working on his hands. Uh, I think that one thing that you saw a lot with a Shalik Calhoun was his nose for the football, being able to not only get his hands up, but not just, you know, have some tree trunks that bat the ball down, but be able to keep, keep it active. Um, you know, get a couple of strip sacks in there. And I think that that's one thing that Malik really needs to be able to do. Um, the rest of the defensive line for Michigan State is a uh, is a bit of a question mark. Um, he is the big uh, the big guy there. So right. if he can be able to pull, you know, to pull a you know a, a double coverage on him to give the other guys, um, you know, even the linebackers a chance to be able to get some pressure. I think that mm-hmm. even more than a fumble, that would be you know that would be something that he just brings. Um, you know, you want to pay attention to him, and you have to be able to you have to be able to put schemes in place to stop him so if that gives other guys a, a better look to try to get some pressure on the quarterback then you know more power to him definitely definitely going to the offensive side of the ball for you guys tyler o'connor redshirt senior you know he was behind connor cook for the past couple of years you know he had a good game against Furman. he was 13 of 18 for 190 yards three touchdowns one interception <laughs> But how good really is he? Is he going to be able to take advantage with L.J. Scott in the backfield of the Notre Dame defense? And like you said before, their secondary is still questionable. They have a senior at corner with Luke Cole, had an injury. Can Notre Dame's defense find another corner on the other side going against Tyler O'Connor? Are they going to be able to stop Tyler O'Connor? Is he going to be able to throw the ball down the field to all his playmakers, hand it off to L.J. Scott? What do you see from Tyler O'Connor that you saw last year in the first game against Furman that makes you think that they're going to be able to move the ball against Notre Dame's defense? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Jimmy. Um, the one thing that, that has impressed me the most with Tyler O'Connor is his uh, leadership ability that he does have. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions that came in last year. Obviously, um, it was a storyline that lasted the beginning of the season all the way up through the draft. Uh, the fact that Connor Cook wasn't actually voted a captain. And, right. you know, it was no question in anybody's mind that, um, you know, after you, uh, there's a little bit of a peak behind the scenes. The Big Ten Network has done this, these green and white days. And one thing that's really impressed me is seeing the way that Tyler O'Connor really commands the offense, uh, commands the locker room, just really commands the respect of the the people that, you know, the the players that he has around him. He does right. not have the arm strength or the skill that a that a, a Connor Cook does, um, mm-hmm. but he doesn't necessarily need to have that. Um, the one that I did put, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier with the, you know, the questions that I have about Notre Dame's defense. Uh, Tyler O'Connor, while he did have decent numbers, he needs to do a better job himself of looking off coverage. Uh, there was a mm-hmm. couple. Of, there was a couple of times in against Furman where he was really staring down like Monty Medeiros. Um, a couple of passes were broken up, one of which was dropped by a defensive back for Furman that should have been uh, returned for a touchdown if he would have caught it cleanly. Uh, so mm-hmm. Tyler O'Connor really needs to be able to, uh, he needs to be able to use his eyes as as, as much of a weapon as his arm is. Um, he's a big guy. Um, he kind of does remind me, a not complete in stature, but you know, as we're, as we're recording this, you know Ben Roethlisberger is is facing off, uh, you know, for the Steelers. He's a Tyler O'Connor's a big guy, and he is surprisingly mobile. So if he, you know, doesn't get too far back on his heels, 
able to move around a little bit. Uh, the no- Notre Dame defensive line is a lot bigger than Furman, and there's a lot of questions on the offensive line for Michigan State just because it is a lot younger. I mean, anytime you lose a, a Jack Allen, you know, a Conklin and an Allen on the front line, you know, you're not going to have quite as much time. But, you know, we have a, a back in LJ Scott that can actually make people miss um, and some young receivers that if O'Connor is able to look off some coverage, um, we'll be able to, you know, pick on uh, Nick Coleman, um, try to pick on the Notre Dame defense a little bit to, to see if we can open that up a little bit. Um, but if that doesn't happen early, um, you know, playing from behind with a quarterback that's not looking at looking off. I mean, it doesn't matter how good LJ Scott is. We're going to have to put the ball in the air. And, you know, that's, that's really what I see the key being to this game is it's Tyler O'Connor's ability to read, go through his progressions and, and, you know, not stare down receivers and try to open up the game a little bit. Right. So when we look at this game, Dom, um, uh, the spread came out looking like Notre Dame being the favorite so far. Uh, coming mm-hmm. off the loss to Texas, um, you know, Michigan State having a week to prep. Uh, I'm not exactly surprised Notre Dame is the favorite. I'm more surprised that Notre Dame is an eight-point favorite in this game. What, what do you look at the spread? What, is that something you really see likely, or is that something you agree with? Uh, I mean, what I've seen so far, uh, I would think so. Um, Michigan State has this week to prep, um, but at the same time, you know, they were not impressive uh, against Furman. Um, you know, the first drive was great. I believe that LJ Scott averaged about 8.4 yards per carry, um, making people miss on tackles. And it looked like Michigan State had the offense really clicking. And then they really just sort of fell flat. Um, as a Michigan State fan, you know, this is not a surprise. You know, right after that game uh, against Furman, I, I wrote a piece called Playing Down to Competition, a Michigan State story. Um, you know, they, they tend to do this. They did it against UCF, against Western Michigan, almost lost to Rutgers last year, which would have, you know, completely negated any chance at a Big Ten championship. Um, so seeing that line, I, you know, you give them the three points that typically Vegas gives for home, a five-point, you know, a five-point favorite. Notre Dame has, you know, a high-powered offense, and I think that, you know, what we've been seeing so far from Deshaun Kaiser, um, the fact that he had over an 80% completion percentage, um, you know, last game uh, he was hovering around 75 against a a good Texas team. Um, I'm not really surprised to see that. Uh, I don't think that, I, I don't imagine that it will be an eight-point game. I definitely think that it's going to be a lot closer uh, because while Michigan State could play down to competition, uh, aside from the unfortunate Cotton Bowl against Alabama, they also play up to it as well. So I, I think that it's probably going to be somewhere around a three to four point game. So let's take the new Deshaun Kaiser out of this. From the outside looking in, uh, who are, who's a Notre Dame player that really scares you in this game? Whether it be like an Isaac Rochelle, whether it be if Torrey Hunter Jr. does come back from the concussion and plays this week, who's someone that really jumps out at you that really worries you about that Michigan State has to line up against? Uh, I mean, it it would be, you know, St. Brown. I think is is, and yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not not positive how to pronounce his first name. <laughs> but qu- we um, haven't figured it out either. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll just call him ESB. Um, you know, he uh, he looking at the game. You know, if you want to take the game he had against Texas, um, you know, he's averaging 15 yards reception. He's got the two touchdowns. Um, you know, he has. A, 160 yards in the season, you know, a a 59 yarder that he had against Nevada, you know, 
while you guys have those questions on one side of your secondary, we have them as well. Um, you know, uh, Darian Hicks is one of those. There was a couple of passes that I saw um, that I saw ESB grab against Texas that I knew that. You know, as well, as well, we're going to be picking on Nick Coleman. You guys are probably going to be picking on Hicks because while Cox and 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 you know Monte Nicholson and Avante Copeland are pretty good, you know Hicks is that question mark there. And so if Kaiser is able to get him the ball, he he looks like he's definitely like he's one of those guys that's just going to be able to make some plays. Um, and you know that's one of the things that. <laughs> that is obviously very scary. Um, you know, a- anything like that. You know, I have some. I lose some sleep at night thinking. Same thing goes for here. Um, you know, I-, I remember a couple of years ago, and and the amount of pass interference penalties that were were called against the Michigan State secondary. That's, you know, if you're just face guarding and even if the ball's a little underthrown, you know, receiver's making a play on it and the cornerback's not, you know, you're going to get that flag every single time. And that's one of the things that really worries about, worries me. Not only is he going to be able to make those catches, but if he's able to draw some pass interferences when he's not able to make the catches, um, it's just as good and, it, and it's going to hurt us just as much. Just to read it real quick, this is Know Your Enemy on Down the Line. Tim Daniel and Jimmy Claus interviewing Dom Garrett from theonlycolors.com. Good follow at Dom at Twitter at Dom Garrett. So we're gonna get you out of here with this. Um, two more questions before we get you out of here. First one: three keys to Michigan State beating Notre Dame on Saturday. What are they? Uh, first thing I wrote this. Uh, I wrote this in the the article that I that I had up. But um, we need to be able to contain and control Deshaun Kaiser. Um, if our defensive line can be able to get some pressure, uh, but not allow him to scramble, uh, that's one. Uh, number two is Tyler O'Connor's eyes. Uh, he needs to be able to start start looking people off. And uh, and number three, I think, is is the getting out to a big start, um, a fast start. Uh, one thing that I noticed is that you know seeing the up tempo office that offense that Texas was running, um, it seemed like the defense started to get really worn down after a while. Um, we don't run that kind of an offense. We're not that fast. I mean, you know, we're a Big Ten team. You know, those three yards in a cloud of dust at some points. But if we're able to to hit Notre Dame quick and hit them fast, um, sort of keep you guys on your heels a bit, uh, then it has a chance to be a close game. All right. So last question, and then you are free to go. We definitely appreciate your time. If you don't want to give a score, it's okay. But if you want to go ahead and give what you think happens and what the finale will be Saturday as far as who gets their hand raised in victory, go for it. Okay. Um, so I did make a prediction earlier in the season um, that I thought that Michigan State had a chance uh, if they win this game to be able to run the table. Um, and so I'm going to stick with that. I do think that Michigan State is going to win only because of the extra um, – the thinning of your guys' secondary. Uh, so I imagine it's going to be a uh, 27-24 Spartans victory on a Michael Geiger field goal um, in the waning minutes of the fourth. If that happens, you're not allowed to throw your flag on the field again. I, pro- I, uh, I, I would never do it, but I can't promise what would happen, but I imagine that Coach D would probably stop that from happening. So Fair enough. <laughs> well, Don, thanks again for taking some time to talk with us. We really appreciated it. Uh, we do definitely hope your prediction is wrong, but we are definitely looking forward to a fun game Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to have it back on here, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Dom. Take care. 
Hey, you could, you too. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.